0: Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I'm Glenn with Managing Common Sense and I have a great guest today. I'm so excited to have her today. It's Katrina McDermott. She's all the way from Australia, which is exciting. And I'm going to let her speak about her her roles, her many roles and and what she does. She's a keynote speaker and she has this great podcast also called Humanizing IT and we're going to deep dive into that too. So, Katrina, welcome to the pod.
1: Thank you very much, Glenn, and thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so tell us a little about yourself and the many things I'm looking at your LinkedIn right now of many titles or things you do in your role.
1: Yes, it's a busy life for me at the moment, Glenn, and as you rightly say, I am based in Australia, in Sydney. uh, I'm a director of a company that I own called uh, KJM Services. And we do training, um, primarily in ITIL and humanizing IT bootcamps and also consulting. And on the side of doing that, as you said, I do keynote speaking. We run workshops. Uh, We do a lot of work for uh, a lot of organizations within Australia, just helping them, um, you know, sort of find their way in all things IT service management.
0: But I think like you do more than just Australia. I think you've been traveling (laughs) around the world and really, really broadcasting the the, the ITIL all around the world. Is that safe to say?
1: It's very safe to say. I've just come back from actually two trips um, to America and Las Vegas. And the first trip was primarily uh, very exciting. I got a book publishing deal with a major publishing company in the UK. um, And my book is Humanizing IT. So I went over to Las Vegas for the official book signing, which was absolutely fantastic. And the second time I went to Las Vegas was to I speak at the conference of pink elephant. And that's a big conference. Um, a lot of it professionals probably your listeners will know uh, held in Vegas every year. Mm.
0: And you just did a, and you just did, we were just talking earlier and she, she just did a session at Educause. If people Correct. know what Educause is, it's like the big higher ed or education convention or conference, whatever you want to call it. So she's ever. So Katrina's everywhere. If you find an find a IT conference, she'll probably be there speaking, <laughs> either about her oh, like- book or about IT or ITIL. <laughs> so let's talk about humanizing IT. Why did you is that a title you created and why did you pick that title for humanizing IT?
1: A really great question. And did I choose that title? Uh, yes, I think it was. Yes and no. It was collaboration of my team um, of because, as I mentioned, we, we got a book deal and I'm passionate about people in IT. And as we, we also discussed, and I think you mentioned that I'm an ITIL ambassador and I'm also a, actually a contributing author of ITIL 4. I wrote the storyline that appears throughout the books or the publications of ITIL. And I guess just briefly, the reason I did that was I was asked to be a reviewer of ITIL 4 and I got the first manuscripts very early on. um, And I noticed something that I quite often talk about, Glenn, is that when I did my ITIL masters, um, I had to study all of the books of ITIL version three, lots and lots of pages. And as well as learning so much about service management, um, I also learned that in all those books, there was not one picture of a human and that's when literally the penny dropped and I thought we, we people in IT are really great at learning how to manage technology but what we're not great at or perhaps what we haven't been taught is the people experience and in my book we talk about the concept of Fordism uh, and the parallels to IT service management and, and ITIL uh, you know ITIL was developed um, for standard, standardization, um, streamlining, and efficiency, and so it was Fordism to create cars on the production line. Yeah, yeah. And you know the famous saying, you know, you can have any color car you want by Henry Ford, as long as it's black. And when we were writing the book with my team, we we uh, specifically my sister, who is he's not an IT person. Uh, started to see more so the parallels between Fordism and IT service management. So, you know, we're really good at creating standards and making things efficient and streamlined. But again, we don't think about the user
0: experience.
1: And, yeah. and that was.
0: No, go ahead. Finish. I was just agreeing with you. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, and that, that, you know, that we, we have many uh, similar scenarios based in the book that uh, really is, was a, sort of the catalyst for, for creating the book. Um I also quite often say and and here, you know, when was the last time we heard the business say that IT is fantastic?
0: Oh yeah, I don't know if you heard my last podcast, uh, my podcast with Nate and uh, Ben about you know should it be IT, you know, you know service or should it be an IT experience? And I was trying to compare to like uh, Disney. Like when you go to Disney, you have a great experience. You go into Marriott, you have a great experience. And I remember Nate telling me, Well, Disney's there for entertainment, but we could there's other things that we could learn from Disney's besides the entertainment part. And that's the one thing I was expressing was how can we make it a better experience for our clients? Well, some people say users, I'm gonna say clients. You know, there's this yeah, we don't wanna get in that rabbit hole. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're shaking our heads if people are listening so so how you know because some people think oh you have to deal with that client that person who does not know it that person that's not affiliated with the company but in it it's also the company that we that that we have to service to and they don't realize those are those are our customers also and it doesn't even sometimes just recognize it like oh it's hr department well they're our customer Well, they're our client, and people sometimes get confused by that, and so it's just a quick question for you then about the ITIL, like how it's kind of like the, I'm just thinking in my head right now, Six Sigma, when you're saying Fordism, and, you know, Six Sigma came around, and that was like from Toyota, (laughs) and so people were like, oh, we got to use Six Sigma. I remember. We started up uh, one of the shared services program at UC Berkeley and they're like, Oh, we gotta use Six Sigma. And I'm like, Hold on, we're not robots and we're like, Oh, we could be ninety-nine point nine percent efficient. I'm like, if you have a robot. <laughs> so how does like IT using the Fordism, you know, basically another car manufacturer and Six Sigma is another car manufacturer. It's like, can we just go away from the car manufacturing and just IT create their own?
1: Yes. And I I might just go back to a point you mentioned, Glenn, because I I love like highlighting it. Um, When Ben and in your other podcasts talked about users and service, what humanizing IT also talks about is the experience of IT professionals. It's it's not just the experience of our users or customers, whatever we've got to call them. It's also the experience of us. And, you know, how, how do we feel and how do the service desk analyst feels when they're Answering calls, the same thing, you know, password resets that we're still doing in 2022. <laughs> we're still doing right. that. Yes. <laughs> uh, how do they feel that, you know, they're getting tickets in a queue for P3, P4, you know, and why why aren't these tickets being looked at? And that's what humanising IT does, Was traditionally, and, and I think always we go, oh, P3, P4s, you know, they're not important. We'll, we'll get around, you know, when they're ready, and then we get, you know annoyed with the p3 people and all that so it's really uncovering and unshackling what what we've always believed to be right and and we really focus on that in humanizing it and and again i do believe in it we are service providers that the word service is and i sometimes i think we forget that we are service providers so i i would again you know challenge i think that we should provide an experience absolutely we should
0: yeah and how does, I'm going to challenge you on this since you're a co-author for the IT I, ITIL 4 book. Is an ITIL 5 book coming out where there'll be a human experience in this,
1: um, in that book? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you may notice
1: uh, we no longer say ITIL version 4. We
0: okay. We'll no say
1: version 2, version 3. It's just ITIL 4 now and, and that's okay. it. And I quite often say, you know, to my audience that we don't say agile version one, version two. It is agile, it's a, it's a way of working. It's, it's ITIL 4 now um, and it will evolve. Okay. And for example, um, ITIL 4 has released new modules, sustainability and, and managing cloud. Um, and uh, we're introducing other books uh, for practices such as business relationship management. So it, it, it continues to evolve. And that is ITIL 4 now.
0: Okay. Does it feel like with ITO 4 that it's kind of behind and is trying to catch up or is it on par? I think ITIL 4 is misunderstood okay. and
1: miscommunicated. I, I am very passionate about that. I hear so often that, oh, ITIL 4, it's too shallow uh, or we're not mature enough or it's out of date. I could keep going, Glenn. And okay. that, is not, <laughs> that is not the essence of ITIL 4. ITIL 4 is just about, and, and I like using this saying, hold it loosely with both hands.
0: Which some people God. don't. Correct. Some people Correct. put it away or they hold it too tight. Exactly. And, and when like, they hold it too tight, people get upset. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and I see that in a challenge. I, you know, it's not just ITIL. It's also Agile it's also Six Sigma. Mm-hmm. It's also um, PMI or PM, whatever project management, all those, when those people grip on it tight, it, it doesn't become fun anymore. <laughs> that's how but, I see it. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's actually, I'm going to pinch that
1: Glenn. <laughs> yeah. of course, you're right. It, it doesn't become fun anymore. And, you know, I, I, hear very often that in ITIL 4, you know, where's the detail and the meat? Because, you know, in ITIL version 3, we we did have a lot of books and a lot of great knowledge in those books about service operations and, you know, service transition. And so, you know, the feedback is, well, where is, that doesn't exist in ITIL 4. And I say, you know, we already know how to do it. Like we know how to do it. Why repeat what we already know? What ITIL 4 is more explaining is the why. And when companies say, you know, we wanna implement or we wanna be ITIL 4, really what does that mean? All it means to me is that if you're in a workshop, just make sure you've got all the people in the room, that you're thinking about the customers, that you're thinking about the different experiences. Whereas traditionally in ITIL, we would write a process literally and go, da da (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. You must follow and with very little consultation, you know, we had a, you know, an incident manager or a, a transition manager that, you know, holded those processes and you must follow. And, and of course, you know, people didn't follow um, as, as Akshay Anand would say, um, who was the lead architect for ITIL 4, you know, there's elephant paths and that's what happened. People just go around the process. And so ITIL 4 is, you know, acknowledging that and just say, it's a guide. Um, use the four dimensions of service management, you know, as in a workshop, if you're writing contracts, writing a process, just think holistically about have you thought of your suppliers? Have you thought about the technology required? What are you gonna do with your data? the culture of the people that might be using this process. And for example, um, again, I'll go back to the password reset that drives me mad, you know, quite often you know, I, I actually heard it again yesterday, uh, Glenn, that someone quite senior in a, in a big firm uh, said to me, Kat, you know, our users are just lazy. They can reset the passwords themselves, but they just want to talk to the service desk. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that is not the reason. The reason is probably because it's a really bad experience. And, and this company, um, I think it was 60% of their workforce, English is their second language.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And and to do something that is, um, you know, where is the link? And I've seen processes that, that um, a password be reset and they email the user to let them know. I mean, how do the user know? Because they can't get into it. The- <laughs> it's just this: when we do service management, we just need to think more holistically, and, that, and that's what ITIL four you know really brings to the table, or is the essence of ITIL four.
0: I'm just thinking about uh, you. Just talked about, touched on something about the vendors, and in ITIL four. Sorry, I did not go through the whole ITIL process, so I apologize at this. I, I think wow. I did it in the beginning in 2012 and I, I was like if we don't follow these certain parts then we will not be successful at what, we're, what we're trying to accomplish and they didn't follow it so it's like okay it just got thrown out you know but everyone took the test everyone passed but, <laughs> <laughs> but but that was it everyone thought it was just oh it's just a class you, know, I'm like, you have to practice it and the thing part, I was going to go back to the part where it said, what well, you mentioned about the vendors. And, you know, does, does ITIL, i tell be naive here, you can make fun of me if all you want, on the part of how to have a relationship with your vendors? Yes. Oh, it does?
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And again, hold, hold the concept, uh, if you will, of ITIL 4 is, you know, I, I used to work for um, a major Australian airline and my role was to negotiate contracts and to govern the contracts with the large suppliers, service partners, we used to call them, um, and, <laughs> and you know, like, I, I actually look back in shame and in embarrassment how I used to treat some of those suppliers, you know, like, you're contracted to do this, <laughs> yep. why aren't you doing it? Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, Whereas I talk for you know, it is a bit of a, a buzz phrase. You know, it's about value co-creation, and and it's about you know working and understanding your supplier, and enabling them to understand you, so they can better provide a better service. And and you know, I think certainly in my experience in my career, I did not act like that. It's like you should know this already. <laughs> <You> know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. No, yeah. I, I used to say that comment too. And I actually mature a little bit <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can't really say that.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. So yeah. it's really, again, you know, bringing them along with you. So they get value. I mean, their, your suppliers have got to get value as well. Um, it's got to be something for them and also something in it for us. And, you know, and, and I quite often say that, especially when you're writing a contract, you know, for the response times or SLAs for incident management, you know, no, no service provider wants an incident. No. So no. let's collectively work together uh, of how we can prevent uh, incidents. And, and that's another, I believe, step change in ITIL 4 is to become a more proactive IT organization rather than reactive.
0: Oh my I gosh, think- can you write that in the new, the new <laughs> ITIL? Oh my gosh, can, can we say that IT tends to be more reactive than pre- proactive? And how can we get to that? proactive mindset
1: well uh, as, as subtle but I think a very important difference in ITIL 4 that I, I know a lot of students that don't train with me <laughs> um, don't pick up is that in ITIL 4 the definition of a incident has changed I don't know if you're aware of that in in previous versions uh, no definition... like I
0: said I took it in 2012 and that was it sorry I haven't kept oh, up please. with it don't apologize
1: <laughs> as long as you come and do the course with me
0: <laughs> okay <laughs>
1: But, yeah, so in ITIL, early, pre, early versions of ITIL, the definition of an incident was potential uh, and impact to service. In ITIL 4, the word potential has been taken out of incident and it's now in problem management. And, and the, the idea of that is that we are looking at things before they happen. You know, in IT, we're really good at fixing
0: things. Yeah. We're great we yeah we're yep. great at it yep. and we're, we, we're also great at keeping things and not letting go we tend yep. to hoard also which is pretty sad it's like it we is. have a lot of legacy stuff and we don't want to let go it's like we need to move forward and
1: exactly yep and then you know in 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 it if there's a high priority incident um and there's, there's a term that tool has introduced it. They certainly didn't make it up, but it's in the framework now called swarming, you know, where everyone gets together, you know, solves a problem, comes in that. And we're really good. We do that, I think, naturally anyway, when we have a high priority incident. Why don't we do that for problem management?
0: Yeah. Mm. The people, either they make a smaller committee or some people think it's it's my problem, I need to solve it myself. I mean, yep. you have a whole IT team behind you. Use them. <laughs> you mean one it, and, and line. Very
1: smart. Yeah, very smart people as well. Uh, and yeah. problem management is not just about reporting on the number of problems and um, the trending. Problem management is, you know, you want to solve and prevent. And in my experience, you know, not all, but a lot of problem management simply reported on the number of incidents and trending, and that is not, certainly that is one aspect of problem management, but it is about solving and preventing it from happening in the first place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let me shift gears here. I want to we'll talk about a little bit about, I'm looking at the time about ITIL, Six Sigma and agile. And if there's a fourth one in there, we can talk about PM, but I, yeah, whatever. We'll talk about those three because those are the most core three in IT today. So Put you on a spot here: Is any of those better, or are those whatever fits best for the IT department? Can you please explain to the audience which one works, or which one? I mean, you know where I'm getting
1: at. <laughs> I know exactly where you're getting at, Glenn. Yeah. I. It's interesting. I was actually speaking to a colleague yesterday. I think there's a, a fractured relationship between IT professionals, uh, the traditional ones, like you know, in my era in Calabra, versus uh, agile and, and typically, you know, digital, you know, people that uh, agile typically work in the digital space. And 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 they do a great job. They create great experiences. That's what they do. But what I don't, and, and this is a bit controversial, but I will stick to it. What happens in the Agile um, and the other frameworks that, that you did mention, the 6 6 months, Like how is their technology and service going to be supported and maintained? And, and I I believe that they don't do that. One may argue it's not their job to do that, but it, it should be hand in glove. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like uh, I've worked with teams that will create um, – you know, a great experience, or an app, or the ability to—I don't know—go and order something online. Fantastic! It's it's seamless. But in the back end, you know, how is that going to be managed? And and when I say to um, you know these agile lovely folk, you know, but but what about the SLAs behind that? What about the integrations that's required to make that work? What about the business continuity? And that's, that's what is often, if I believe, if not always, not thought about. And that's where ITIL can come in. And so I guess in answer to your question, ITIL complements these other frameworks.
0: Okay. So I just think of people, like you said, people think, oh, ITIL's, ITIL's the old. <laughs> and Agile's the new. And sometimes people drink the Kool-Aid of Six Sigma. Oh, that's even better. And I'm like, no. <laughs> um, manufacturing, yes, but it 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 no, because there's human element involved, and itel and agile complements the human human side of of the it world, which the only thing I learned from Six Sigma was. Training process maps, and I'm really good at it now. That's the only yeah. thing I got out of it, <laughs> so I can do those things in five minutes now. But other than that, you know, for me, I mean, just talking to you alone, I'm like now I really—is there audiobooks for ITIL rather than just reading it, or do, do I have to look at the graphs too and all the stuff in there? Just wondering. Oh,
1: absolutely! My um my portal is all um narrative that you can learn from. <laughs> <laughs> Yay!
0: Because I'm an audible guy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we have a Tilly, our mascot, teaches you uh, how, to, how to use ITIL pretty much, or sorry, adopt and adapt ITIL. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do, when I hear that, you know, that, that train of thought or the group of people that says ITIL is old and out of date, I, I don't necessarily disagree with them. I, and I, I probably stupidly said at a conference not that long ago that ITIL version 3 is no longer relevant. Um, I know I regret saying that, but no, I don't, because I learned a lot from saying it actually. And
0: that's a good debate though. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And what I meant by that is that, you know, as I said, right at the beginning of this podcast, Glenn, is that when was the last time we heard the business say it is fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. So what I'm saying, it's not working. Like we keep doing the same stuff and it's not working. And so I think that ITIL version three, the way it was interpreted is not working. I mean, ITIL version three was never meant to be prescriptive. It, it, through the decades, it became very prescriptive. And you know, you must follow this path. And again, that's, that was not, it's meant to be like that, but that's probably another podcast. So the the way that we traditionally run IT, I think is no, no longer relevant. But I, I, I said in a recent post that if you are still running a very infrastructure, high-risk um, IT organization that does not want to move with the times, well, ITIL version 3 is for you. However, if you want to move into the more modern way of providing IT services, you need to start looking at ITIL 4. And, and also, you know, ITIL is 40 years old. And younger
0: than me so yeah okay
1: <laughs> well I'm often you know I teach students then and they weren't even born <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah sometimes it's quite confronting but I you know I say it you know, again I, I have these conversations and and debates I still can't believe we're providing services the same way as f- or 40 30 years ago meaning a service desk
0: yeah I mean but some people don't want to change correct and that's the thing you 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 hit it right on the dot is people don't want to change or they're afraid of change. And that's what people are doing. It's like, I want to change, but I'm afraid to upset people that whole afraid, just, just that word alone. Exactly. And And, and you know,
1: I, I, I challenge, I say, why can't use this call level two or three people directly? Why?
0: Yeah.
1: Because you know what, it's kind of not working anyway, you know, and I get, we do it for a reason. I get it, but why can't we? yeah and, and yeah
0: hmm. no um so my question to you then i like this question is if if you had an opportunity what would you change in it
1: great question oh there would be so much <laughs>
0: Pick your top three. How about that? I mean, you're t- you'll be like top 1.1, 1.2. 1. 1.
1: <laughs> I would absolutely encourage uh, these practices that are proactive to be up the front, not we do it later. So what I mean by that is that problem management, knowledge management, monitoring event management, these practices that are really keeping us to be, giving us better ways to manage tech. And, you know, so yeah. often I, I see transitions being done, transformations, whatever we want to call it, improvements. And I think you mentioned it, you know, the usual suspects, incident, service request, and, you know, the, those practices aren't done properly. So Can that's. Probably...
0: Can we just get rid of them? I would love <laughs> to get have. rid of them.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably where I would start of, of, um, being able to influence IT organizations to actually think differently by focusing and investing in those proactive practices.
0: So I want to switch gears here where now let's talk about the human side of it and in technology, where if you really, like I said, willing to change it, are you changing the mindset of the human side of it and including the process of it?
1: Yes. Um, and again, if I revert back to the way we traditionally and continue many instances run IT is that we we say the user. Yeah. So no matter who you are, where you are, what you do, e.g. contact the service desk.
0: Yeah. so. Now I'm going to switch gears again. I'm going to be all over hmm. the place with you, Katrina. Or I call you Kat. Can I call you Kat? It'd be easy. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Light <laughs> it. Yeah. So humanizing IT, your podcast, tell my audience about it because I want them to listen to your podcast, you besides my podcast, because I listen to yours. As, and if anyone hasn't listened to Kat's podcast, I'm I'm honored to have Kat on my podcast, but this people she has on there are like amazing people who have such high level and high titles it's amazing to listen to and please tell everyone about your podcast and what's your goal for that podcast
1: the reason I created the podcast was I um, before COVID I I had the opportunity to travel the world and and meet amazing people as part of my role as co-chair of an airline operation board and I met um my first guest uh Marco Bill Peter Uh, Marco is the head of customer experience for Red Hat and to be honest I was a bit starstruck
0: I'm starstruck by you so I'm like
1: (laughs) (laughs) and I actually had the opportunity to sit next to him he was I was speaking at the event and, and so was he and you know he's a very senior man like very very senior and a very very successful man and I found he was a wonderful man on top of all of that and really empathetic. And, and we got talking about you know, IT and, and what he did within his organisation to transform service management. And I thought a lot of IT people um, don't get the opportunity to speak to senior people and, and dare I say, empathise with them. And that was really one of the main catalysts for me to wanting to do this podcast. So we people, and I mean, I'm, I'm an IT ops person. I was never a big senior person. We never got the opportunity to speak to you know, CEOs and, and CTOs, et cetera. So that was the idea that I wanted us in IT to, to hear their thoughts. And, and really, that was that was the background of it. And as you said, I've had amazing guests on there. Um, you know, I've had senior police officers acting, as, you know, running IT departments as a police officer and, and their views on it. Um, you know, David Ratcliffe, as most of your audience would know. And as I said, it just, I didn't see think there was a platform for us. And that's what I wanted to create.
0: Wow. I know. I love it. I've been listening to it. Yours on, is on Amazon, right? Is it anywhere else besides Amazon?
1: It's on Spotify and Apple as well. And you can download it from my website as well.
0: Oh, okay. And we'll put all of Kat's podcast stuff in the information description below and her website and all that other stuff and her LinkedIn. So you can all follow her too. So she could have over, I don't know how many, more than 10,000 users, followers. (laughs) So, and don't forget to like hers and subscribe. So make sure you do that. And so with mine. So don't forget to do that also. For Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we're almost at time here. And one question I want to ask you is if you had a chance to travel back in time and meet your 10-year-old self, like you're about to, you know, you're still in, oh, I don't know how it is in Australia. So I don't know what the schooling system is like in Australia. Sorry. I'm very naive. So what will you tell your 10-year-old self what you're experiencing now.
1: Uh, if you had asked me this question probably two years ago, I would have answered it very differently. Uh, I probably would have been very disappointed in myself, and oh gosh, I would have changed so much. I wouldn't change a thing, and I know that's very cliche. Um, but you know, like most people, I've had ups and downs in my life, and you know, challenges, etc., health, career, lots of stuff. But I think I am just at the most amazing place. In my life. Um, And I actually said to Chris Barrett, uh, who's a former chief executive of um, Axelos, deputy chief executive, I actually said to him last week, I feel like someone's hit me with a happy stick.
0: That's good. I like that. Mm. So we're at time. I do want to respect your time. I know you're a busy person. Any final words to my audience, by chance?
1: I, I think, Glenn, thank you on behalf of your audience for uh, doing these types of forums. I think it's fantastic. It's what our industry needs. You know, we, we do it tough. So it's great that, you know, you and people like you are bringing it um, and making it more exciting and giving everyone a voice. So
0: thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, mine was managing, you know, that's my title, managing common sense. And we want to bring Definitely. some common sense into to ITIL and the human side of IT. And that's what I'm trying to bring. And I'm trying to bring it in people. And when I saw your podcast name, I'm like, so perfect. I'm like, (laughs) I wish I came up with that name, but I was like, but I just remember sitting down with a friend and, and she was like, you just use common sense when you do stuff. And I'm like, it's not common, but I use common sense, (laughs) but, but it is what it is. But, you know, that's why I named it my, my podcast with, uh, managing with common sense. So cat, thank you so much. I really appreciate you for coming on to my podcast and for, for everyone listening. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. Make sure you give it a like and subscribe and don't forget to hit the notification bell when a new podcast or YouTube channel comes YouTube video comes out. Cause this goes on YouTube too. So, and that's why I record both. Some, some people want to watch it. Some people like to listen to it. I just come to find that out. So I have to cater to both audience. So, if they ask me to write something, good luck. So, anyway, well, thank you, Kat. Really appreciate it. And everyone, take care, be kind, and be human. Bye, everybody.
1: Thanks. Thanks, everybody.